to the Last Gen Podcast brought to you by Miracle Word Ministries. These episodes are specifically created with students in mind. More than ever before, we must know why we believe what we believe, build strong faith, and stay on fire for God. We know that Jesus is coming soon, and we're going to live like this is the last generation. Are you ready? Let's go. Today, we're talking about the reason that most Christians will go backwards in 2023. I'm your host, Alex Iaquinto, on behalf of Miracle Word Ministries, and you're watching The Last Gen Podcast. For all the listeners of the podcast today, I want to make you aware of something. We do have a video podcast available. So, wherever you listen, if you're on Apple, Spotify, I don't know why you would be on the Google podcast, whatever, whatever you're on, Stitcher, whatever, Mixer, I don't know. Um, I want you to check out, at least I like it better. I like video podcasts better because it helps me connect. Plus, I like YouTube. Yeah. Um, so go on YouTube, search Last Gen Youth, and you can find this episode, the video version. Um, and I highly encourage you to do that. It's just a lot more. You, you just connect. I can see your eyes and you can see mine. And it's, it's good. All right. Today I wanted to talk about this because obviously we're coming up on 2023, which <laughs> I can hardly believe. Like I, I, I can hardly believe. Like this is crazy. We just ended the year with a bang. We just ended um, 2022 uh, with the last meeting in Bogota, Colombia. Now I was fortunate to go on this trip. All of the other employees of Miracle Word are angry at me. <laughs> And are claiming it's nepotism. The reason that I was allowed to go and they weren't is because I am related to Evangelist Ted and Carolyn. I say, not at all. There was no favoritism going on at all. Totally based on merit. Anyways, I was able to go. It was awesome. Uh, We flew from, obviously, where we live in Fort Lauderdale to Bogota, Colombia in South America. And the church that we went to is called Ingleco. Um, which is the Inglesia, the Church of Colombia. Um, they shorten it to Ingleco. What an amazing set of meetings. Seriously. Every single, so Evangelist Ted preached seven services. Every single service was amazing. Like, and I'm not saying this as someone who, you know, because he's my uncle, but the anointing fell and each night, each night and each day session, the anointing fell in a different way every time. Some of those services are in my top 10 favorite services I've ever been in in my life now. Um, and it was just powerful. One night, the anointing fell so hard, everyone just started bowing down um, on their knees to worship. And, and uh, Evangelist Ted thought he was going one direction. The Holy Ghost told him to go in another direction. And it was powerful. The next, the last night of the meeting, I'll show you a clip in a second, but the, the last night of the meeting, the people would not go home. Like they, they would, didn't want to end the meeting. The anointing was so powerful. It was like being in an old Brother Hagen um, movie, or not a movie, bruh, not, an old Brother Hagen service. Um, and that's just to show you that I don't edit this podcast really at all. Uh, it was so powerful. People dancing in the spirit. It, you should really watch the recap. Um, I'm not going to put the full recap, but this is what happened um, at the end of the service. People just started chanting this, and and you know without any direction. And look how many people were there. Over 1,300 people were packed in that place all three nights. It was just powerful. I think the last night was the the largest crowd, but it was so powerful to see 
the fact that, you know, sometimes I think as Americans, we're so zoomed in on what's happening in America, what's on entertainment tonight, what's on, you know, The View, what are the ladies on The View saying, what is CNN saying? Um, I want you to zoom out. Don't don't have this doom and gloom view of the world or view of America in general. Look at what's happening in South America. They are in revival right now. Um, and so this was the end of the service. Nobody wanted to go home. Check it out. And so that went on for a long time. So I was uh, taking pictures and, and, and videos. That went on for a long time. And Evangelist Ted laid hands on every single person in the building. And then they didn't want to go home. And they were shouting, ole, 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 which is a sign of revival in South America, especially during the World Cup. Um, and then I thought the service was t turning over to the pastor. We were about to be done. So I go up in the media booth to, to go pack up my bags and get ready to go. Um, and then I hear that sound again. Ole, 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 ole. And check out what happened. So a fantastic week in Bogota, Colombia. Thank you to the Romix and to Somos Ingleco, Ingleco for having us. Let's jump into it today. Today, we're talking about the reason most Christians will go backwards in 2023. Avoid this. This is the reason. Let's get into it. So what made me think about this, it's kind of funny. I was listening to a podcast by... Um, one of my favorite comedians, and he was interviewing one of my favorite speakers of all time, other than preachers, obviously. His name is Dr. Jordan Peterson. He's a clinical psychologist, um, and I know people are like, what, you listen to psychologists? Well, he's not like a nut job like most psychologists are. He talks about, he actually, <laughs> funny enough, he's, he, he, if he doesn't stop messing around, he's about to get saved. He's, um, he's a funny guy, but very intelligent, very intelligent. Um, and he had released a book that was a bestseller, 12 Rules for Life, and then he just released another book, and 12 more rules, and then he went on the podcast. And on the podcast, they were talking about one of the chapters in the book, and the chapter talked about the reason, um, it, it talked about this kind of idea of a fog, right? Most people are in a fog um, where they don't, really take action to pursue change in their life because they don't know what they want. And the comedian who's definitely not saved, um, said something. He said, you know, and he's usually not serious, you know, he doesn't get serious a lot. So he said something and it really struck me. He said, you know, I think that I have a massive fear of jumping out and doing something big because I fear the risk that the future might entail. And what, what Jordan Peterson said in response will always stick with me. He said, 
And and that he said this. He said, and that's the thing that many people deal with. They deal with a fear of doing something new because of the risk that they foresee in the future, right? Um, taking that new promotion, d- applying to a new job, applying to that school that you've always wanted to apply to, going to that Bible college you've always wanted to go to that you feel the Lord's telling you to do, starting that Bible club at school that the Lord has put on your heart to do. People have a fear of stepping out because they think there's risk ahead, and they're right. There is risk ahead. He said that. And he said this, but what many people don't realize is that there's more risk in staying where you're at. There's more risk not jumping out, not stepping out, not doing the thing that you need to do. Why? Because he said, I've seen this over and over in my clinical psychology practice over the decades that he's been practicing. He sees people that are fed up with their own life. They're dissatisfied. They're unhappy with their job. They're unhappy with their family. They're unhappy with the way they are as a person. They're unhappy with their financial situation. And he says they come to the end of their life and they realize they haven't done anything worthwhile. Why? Because they were always petrified by the fear of risk in the future. So understand this. This got me thinking. We're coming into the new year. Evangelist Ted gave the word, this will be a year of transformation. What that means is by the end of the year, December 31st, you'll look back and you'll not even recognize your prayer life, your devotional life, your business, your school life, your your ministry, all the things that you're involved in. The Lord is going to transform your life in 2023. Right? That's the word of the Lord. And now you've got two options because many people have this idea that, oh, you know, it's a prophecy, so it's just going to fall into my lap. Uh, That's not true. That is so not true. If you don't take action on a prophecy that God's given you, whether it be from a man of God through personal revelation that he's given to you in prayer, if God gives you a word and you don't step out on it, guess what's going to happen? Nothing. And if you doubt it, guess what's going to happen? My uncle always says this, when you doubt God's word, it doesn't stop God from moving because you're not powerful to do that in any way. But it does stop God from, from moving for you. Your unbelief does not stop God from moving, but it stops God from moving for you. What does that mean? You'll see it in other people's lives. You'll see other people get blessed, but you will be left with nothing. That is a scary reality. So when you hear these things, when you hear the the year of transformation, don't be one of these people who goes, oh, they're just making things up for the new year. They think they've got the power to prophesy things into existence in the new year. Have fun. You will have nothing. I I will experience transformation in my life. But many people make the mistake of thinking it's just gonna happen. Oh, it's going to fall into my lap. I guess I'm just going to sit back and do what I've always done. And by the end of the year, I'm going to have a transformed life. Praise God. You will not. You always hear people on, on Instagram. They always say, 2023 is going to be my year. I saw someone post like, 2020 was a year of learning. 2021 was a year of, of breaking. 2022 was a year of devastation. But 2023 is my year. Um... Uh, Want to bet? Probably not. Probably not. If you if you keep having 
devastatingly crushing years? You have to ask yourself the question, is it the year of crushing or are you being stupid with your decisions and you're causing your year to suck? I'd bet the latter, okay? So it's not going to fall into your lap. You have to make changes. And th- this is the point. This is the the thing, the lack, um, this mentality people people lack in in their in their lives or in their thinking. They think, um, you know, let me, let me just read it from scripture. This is a very biblical uh, thought process. But they lack this thought process that you need to have in order to see this year of transformation. 2 Kings chapter 7, and we'll start in verse 3. 2 Kings 7, 3. And I'll start reading right, where is it at? Here we go. Now there were four men who were lepers at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, Why are we sitting here until we die? If we say, let us enter the city, the famine is there. And if we sit here, we shall die here. So now, let's come on and let's go over to the camp of the Syrians, the enemies of of their kingdom. If they spare our lives, we shall live. And if they kill us, will die. But understand they were going to die anyways. But highlight this phrase in your Bible or in your mind, whatever. Why are we sitting here until we die? That's the thought process you need to catch. Because if everything is the same in your life and you're not going to make any changes, you will just sit there until you die. Their thought process was, our life is bad enough already. What is the worst that can happen if I take a risk? If I take a risk and go to the enemy camp, what's the worst that can happen? They kill us. Okay, I was going to die anyways. For you, what is the worst that can happen? God's called you to step out and let's say he's called you to start a Bible study at your school. What is the worst that can happen? You failed. Well, let's think about it. If God told you to do something and you didn't jump and do it, you failed already anyways. Might as well go down swinging. I want this thought process to really get in your heart this year. Might as well go down swinging. And I promise you, every person, and and then this is the, the thing that, um, you know, they say, uh, they have a saying in West Africa, the man who says, if I perish, I perish, if I die, I die, never dies. The man who says, if I die, I die, never dies. Think about King Nebuchadnezzar. Think about, think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We'll never bow to your gods. If you have to kill us, kill us. Did they die? No. Daniel, if you, we'll never bow down to your statue. I'll never bow. I'll never stop praying. Or we'll kill you. We'll throw you in line. Of, sure. Did he die? No. Take a risk in your life because you'll find out on the other side of that risk. Not only will you be blessed by God for obeying the command that He's given you, but you'll find out. Oh wait. There was more risk in the other option. There was more risk in staying. There was more risk in sitting back and doing nothing. Start that Bible study. Go to the, Apply to that school you've wanted to go to. Go to Bible college like you heard the Lord say to you. Start Find that person that, that you feel is, is supposed to be your new, your new friend group at school. Cut ties with other. What is the worst that can happen? I'm telling you, even if I think about it from my own life, if I 
would have heard the direction of the Lord, go to Florida, move to Florida. And I thought to myself, well, that's risky. I'm 18. Well, actually, when he told me I was 17, I'm 17. I have no savings. I have no money. Uh, my parents live here in Virginia Beach. Um, my friends live here. I don't, it's, it's triply expensive to live there in Florida. That's all true. That's all risk. It's true. It's risk. I'm not saying there's no risk. I'm not saying there's no threat. I'm not saying there's no reason to be afraid in the natural. But what happens when you step out and do what God's called you to do? Not only will he bless you, not only think about this, God understood the risk when he called you to do it. When God, when God told, let's say David to, to slay Goliath, he didn't just then find out, oh shoot, he's eight, nine feet tall. God wasn't up in heaven thinking, oh frick, I called this boy to kill this giant. I Giant. I, I should have known. He's like really tall and this, this kid's small. Dang it. That's not what God was thinking. He knew. He knew the fight. And he still, well, stop texting me. And he still called David to do it. God knew the risk. God knew that it was expensive. God knew that you you didn't have any friends in the place God's calling you to go. He knew that there's going to be backlash when you start that Bible study. He knew that you're going to lose some friends when you start being more open about your faith. But the blessing is greater than the risk. And the risk of staying is greater than the risk of going. Remember that. The risk of staying is greater than the risk of going. Because otherwise, people get into this this mindset, you know, they get into this mindset, and, and I, people will get mad at me for saying this, but I want you to look around your school tomorrow, or if you're in school now and you're listening on your AirPods or whatever, I want you to look around your class, look around your school, understand this, most of the people in your class, in your school, will lead dead-end lives, and that's not to be mean, they would have told you that themselves at the end of their lives. Why? Because they've got people telling them, oh, you're young, you can make mistakes now, you can you can just chill out, you you know, like no no care for, for the, the quick time life is. Life is but a vapor, the Bible says. Everyone's trying to chill young people out. You've got time, apply to a couple different schools, take, take four years after high school, figure out what you want to do, you know. No! What happened to living life like Jesus is coming tomorrow? So take risks. Think of the, have the thought process of Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, these four lepers. If I perish, I perish. But I'm doing what God called me to do. I will do what God called me to do. Because there's no stagnant in the body of Christ. There's only, understand this, there's no staying where you are. There's only rapid increase or rapid backsliding. Rapid increase or rapid decrease. Let me read you a, a verse of scripture here. That'll help you with this. Jesus said this, very important. He said this, Luke 9, 62. Jesus replied, or Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. No one who half commits or no one who wants to stay where they are is fit for the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is built on up and up and up and more and more and more. And risk after risk after risk. So I want to encourage you. I know this was a short but short one, but I want to encourage you. 
do something risky in your life. You know, it's funny. We'll end with this, but another thing that Jordan Peterson said in that podcast is he said after his decades of clinical practice, he's noticed that the reason that people get into all these addictions, alcohol addiction, drug addiction, uh, pornography addiction, all the reasons that people fall into addiction, he said the main cause is that their life, their reality is so boring and so mundane that they have to seek adventure in other things. They have to get drunk to feel excited. They have to get high to feel something. So he said this, what you need is not a 12-step program. What you need is an adventure. You need an adventure in your life. You need a risk in your life. You need a giant to slay. That's so true. <laughs> My gammy always told me this. Idle hands are the devil's workshop. She always reminded me of that. Idle hands are the devil's workshop. It's true. It's hard to fall into sin when you're so busy doing what God's called you to do. It's so it's so hard to fall into sin when you're when you're doing something crazy for the Lord, fighting a giant. The Bible actually says the the one time that Dan, uh, David fell into sin, it's because he stayed home when he should have gone to war. Then he saw Bathsheba. Make your life, and this is this is a cliche saying too, but it's you know some of these sayings can be true. Don't plan vacations. Plan a life that you never want to take a vacation from. Don't take vacations. Plan a life that you never want to take a vacation from. So if if God's called you to do something in this year and you want something to change in this year, take a risk. Do what he's called you to do. Jump. Do something uncomfortable. And if you and if you don't have a vision of something like that, like you're in high school and you're thinking, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean jump? What do you mean do something crazy? What do you mean do something wild? I promise you, like, like do this, test this out and just try it for me. And then tell me if I'm wrong. You can, you can tell me if I'm wrong. We're coming up on 21 days of prayer and fasting. All right. Many of you have never done prayer and fasting. That's okay. But I would recommend this to every single person. Every single person, young people, yeah, especially young people. Man, I would, especially young people. It's 21 days of not eating, very plainly, where we press in extra hard into prayer. 21 days of prayer and fasting where we seek the Lord. And you won't be alone. We'll talk more about the specifics in a later episode before the fast. It starts on January 2nd, ends on January 22nd. You won't die, I promise. Um, and if you've never tried fasting, I'll walk you through it. We have resources. We'll do something daily to encourage your faith, to build your faith. But I promise you, if you do this, you will not be the same at the end. It will change. It changed my life forever. I was scared at first to fast. I was thinking, Lord, won't I die? Won't I die from not eating? You won't die. You'll be okay. What will happen is you'll start to hear the voice of the Lord so clearly, so clearly, where it's like he's standing right next to you. And I promise you, if you do this, it'll work. If you, t- you know, at, with, at, whether in your normal prayer time or especially in your da- your days of 21 days of prayer and fasting, say to the Lord, Lord, give me a big dream. Say this, Lord, I will do anything you ask me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. Watch him drop a big dream into your spirit. God uses willing vessels. 
willing vessels. If you make yourself willing to the or willing to do what God's called you to do, anything, watch as He starts increasing the vision. Where it's like God will give you some something crazy to do. You'll step out and do it. You'll be blessed, and that thing will impact so many people. Then He'll give you a bigger thing to do. I mean, it just starts. Go witness to that person in school. I mean, it's awkward, but I'll do it. I'll jump out. Go witness to that person. Soon your friends, there's a revival in your school. So you see how that works. But you have to start with, Lord, I'll do anything. And it'll give you a big dream. And you know what the Bible says, Ephesians 3.20. God does exceedingly abundantly and above all we could ever ask or think. So God will drop a wild dream in your spirit. And then he'll exceed your expectations. Some of you, God is calling to start something at your school. Some of you, he is calling, everyone he is calling to witness to your friends, but there's some people that are watching and listening to this right now that know they need to witness to some people in their life and they haven't for fear of the risk ahead. But what's the risk of staying still? They go to hell. What's the risk of not not doing what God's called you to do? If God's called you to move, move. If God's called you to go to this school, go. If God's called you to go to Bible school, go. Oh, well, there's no money in the ministry. Watch how your money slowly and steadily decreases as you disobey what God's called you to do. I promise you, it's a kingdom principle. There's no there's no steady, there's no fence. Forward or backward, your choice. But most people who say, this is my year, I can feel it. I can feel it. This is my year. 2023, let's go. Sorry, boo-boo. It's not going to be your year. I would bet. Unless you do something about it. But I know those who are listening, those who are faithful, and those uh, who are connected to this ministry, that will not be us in Jesus' name. We will go forward. This will be our year of transformation in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, drop a big dream in every one of our spirits. Give us a goal. Give us a giant to slay. Give us a vision for what you've called us to do. Lord, the people who don't know what their life calling is, I pray that as they press into your spirit, press into prayer in the word, you would drop it into their spirit. You would make it very clear to them what they're called to do and give them power and boldness and courage to step out and risk being uncomfortable and risk all the factors and and say, I'm going to follow God. No turning back. Lord, give us all a dream. Give us all a calling. Give us all a purpose. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen.